I wanted to go talk to John Walsfold and say, why wasn't I selected? I didn't need to do that. They had to make a professional decision based on the best, best setup for that team. I've come to terms with it. Move on like it's mm. sport. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Prime Potty. I am so honoured today to have a fantastic guest and probably a pretty good friend uh, for a long period of time as well, Brent Staker. Now, you probably know his name from the AFL circles if you've been around it for a while. Um, obviously, you've been involved in some uh, some big incidents over the, over the past uh, uh, 10 years or 20 years, I guess, of your football career. So, Stakes, how are you, my friend? It's great to have you on the potty. Good, Tommy. Thanks for having me. Yes, I... Um we crossed paths in 2016 mm-hmm. in Ireland. I know, it's places. a weird spot, isn't it? Weird. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? We're in Australia, but we chose Ireland. <laughs> um, and you were like 14 or 15. Very young. I was coaching the Australian Masters team. Your dad was playing mm-hmm. and I needed a, an assistant coach, a runner, a water boy, um, a forwards coach, a skills coach. <laughs> And it was you. I uh, I remember that time, and especially when you're a young kid, when you're 14 or 15, you're infatuated with someone that's played in, in the big leagues or like whatever. <laughs> and I just remember seeing Brent Staker one day, and I was like, mate, this guy's a legend. And, you know, I'm like 40, 50, still do the same now when I'm 23, 24. And I'm, oh, yeah, I'm so. looking at him like, wow, this guy is incredible, you know, like he's this and that. And um, and you were, you know, you, you, you're all that to me uh, and probably still are. So, it was it was Thank a you, weird mate. spot to to kind of meet and um, can you can you remind me of what what happened over in Ireland how, how did the uh, how the games go against Ireland? Well, uh, we got flogged. <laughs> <laughs> it was international rules. Uh, we almost needed you to play at yeah, one stage. I, and that's, I, re- and I that- put my boots on one game. I, I, I think it was a Brighton a Brighton game and it was just like a pracky game, like yeah. just a fake one. And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. What yeah. what is the Masters like? What why, Ma- why were you over there? Masters footy is blokes that are over 35. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was under 35 at the time. Yep. Um, and then really oddly someone said, we need a coach and do you want to do it? You're going away. We've got to go to play two international rules game, which is hybrid of AFL and Gaelic footy mm-hmm. in Ireland. So we played two games against the Masters Gaelic footy. So that becomes international rules. Yep. And then we go to England um, and play an Aussie rules game for the very first test between... England and Australia in the Masters. Unbelievable. And yeah, so this has never happened before. On the England side, the international rules in Ireland has happened before. Mm -hmm. And yeah, luckily enough, I got to be the coach. Um, That's where we met. Uh, Got to coach a bunch of these old boys that, you know, our oldest player is a good friend of mine. His name's Joffa. Jeff Egan, at the time, I think he was 62. Yep. Hasn't missed a season of footy since he was 14. (laughs) And uh, he's our our best midfielder, you know? (laughs) So, go figure, yeah. go figure. I, um, it's very, very funny because I actually was going to the international rules when I think I was like 11 or 12 and there was players there like Ange Christou, um, oh, yeah. you know, there was um, Brad Smith, I think. Smithy, you took marker, marker the century oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. as well. And, um, and it's funny, I couldn't give a shit who the fuck they were. <laughs> you were when I was 14 or 15 and they were absolute legends. But um, Sean Smith. Sean, Sean Smith, that's who it was. And... Um, yeah, if you want to go and look up his uh, his mark of the century, it's an absolute blinder. Right on the top of Richard um, Champion. <laughs> oh, it's a huge grab. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we had all those fantastic footballers there and couldn't care less who the hell they were because I think that when you grow up, you, you I didn't really see them play that much football. True, yeah. Um, so it was never really, for me, like they were they were superstars. Who were, I guess, the, the people for you growing up that you always idolised? Mate, I was a Carlton supporter growing up and I still have a huge soft spot for the Blues. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, my time at West Coast in Brisbane, but growing up, 
I was just loved Anthony Kudafidis. Yeah. Uh, just the way he came onto the scene, probably, you know, I start. I was. I watched footy my whole life as a kid. Love footy and the NBA. So I was massive Michael Jordan. Love it. Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Chicago Bulls. You know, awesome. Great time to grow up. They've in. got my loyalty. <laughs> um, and then Carlton on the other side. So, but I grew up in the country. Like grew up in Broken Hill mm-hmm. and. Back in the day, there we had to go out and pull the, you know, to turn the TV on, you had to pull the button out and turn the channel, turn the channel. That's what we had to do. We didn't have a remote. But we used to get a heap of St Kilda games um, for some reason, Carlton and Essendon. Mm. And uh, the local club I played for in Broken Hill, West Broken Hill, we were the Red Sash, so we were Essendon. Yep. So I had a soft spot for Essendon, followed Carlton and a bunch of these other teams. But I was massive Kudafides, Ange Chris too. Um, I remember Brad Pierce one year was at one of our local games at footy, so I was stalking him. Um, <laughs> Hanging off him, Ryan yeah. Crowley. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in his jumper. Uh, Adrian Whitehead, I think, was the other guy that was there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I was yeah, a massive blue bagger. And I still remember my mum and dad, um, I don't know what age you went to your first AFL, AFL mm. VFL game, but my first AFL game was in the year 2000. We saw Carlton. Mum and dad took me, my sister, MCG. Yep to watch Carlton Essendon and Dean Solomon was playing for Essendon. He's a local Broken yes, Hill boy. Yes, yes, yes. Or number seven. Number seven, yep. I got him. Rocked up to the game, walked in MCG and I just sat there as this, what was I, 15, 16, <laughs> going, it's taking me this long to get there. You know, and how good's this? I was facing the Great Southern Stand. Love the footy, watch Carlton and Essendon. And it was almost like you think those people are fake because you haven't mm. been to a game. And then you Literally. go there and you're like, holy shit, like they're real people playing real footy. Like this is it. When you see it and um, when, when you actually get to talk to them, it's like they're just the same as every other bloke, aren't totally, they? You totally. know, but like it, as a kid, you grow up this whole time and you're like, they are, you know, they're it, especially yeah. um, with AFL football and, and it's, it's such kind of a grounding moment when you, you actually get to meet them and they're like, they're just the same as you and me. Mm. <laughs> and well, everyone says, don't meet your champion or yeah. your, your hero. But, but, you know, I met Kuda um, and we crossed paths while we were playing footy and I was at West Coast and I manned him up one day. He was at, uh, I think it might have been in the forward line, he was sent off back and I was just like staring at his arms <laughs> or something. <laughs> God, this is Kudafidis. You played. You played a lot of great footballers um, yeah. throughout your time. But we'll get to that. Let's let's go back to you getting drafted. You obviously got picked up. Um, went to the Eagles. How was that process for for you? And especially moving west as well. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a massive move from from a small town like Broken Hill. Mate, I left home at a young young age. I was 16 and a half, 17. I got a scholarship to go to Canberra. Okay. So I went to a footy school in Canberra, Erindale College, and I played footy at a at Played, sorry, went to school for a year and I worked for a year, but played in the New South Wales ACT Rams. So mm. we were flying in out of Melbourne, part of the TAC Cup. So those two years went pretty quick. Canberra was a interesting part of you know the world to live. And not much footy like No, not much footy. <laughs> the school I went to, like, you know, the first class was footy training, second class was swimming, third class was weights, and then Just I got fitness. to maths and English and stuffed it up. <laughs> um, so Look that, at that. Yeah. So but got drafted. So two years in Canberra. And then throughout that whole process, obviously you're playing TAC Cup. Back in the day, the footy clubs would write a letter, so you'd, you know, you go get the mail, and there'd be a West Coast emblem on there, or a Geelong emblem, or no a Hawthorne. So you'd undo the letter, you know, and you're so excited, and it's just this questionnaire. So, so all these questions. So it's like doing your homework. You sit there at night, and you fill it all out, and then you. <laughs> hey, Mum, Dad, can you? Yeah. Help me out with but then this? you didn't want to sound like an idiot. So you like, don't get any spelling mistakes. <laughs> you don't want to sound like you. Can't think write of it, it down. <laughs> Make sure I write the right things. Um, 
Did you write it all down yourself or did you get help from from other people or was it all you? It was all me. At that time in Canberra, I was living with a host family because my mum and dad and sister are back in Broken Hill. Hill. So I'm writing all this stuff down um, as a 16, (laughs) 17-year-old and hoping it sort of works. So then, you know, a few more letters come in. This is probably in 2002 because 2001, Port Adelaide called me and said, we're a chance to draft you if we don't draft this other guy. They redrafted him, so... I slipped through, and then you play footy 2002, more of these letters, and then you go to the draft camp. And then fast forward, you get drafted. Um, you know, the draft these days, for all the kids that probably watch, you know, it's televised, it's on TV. Yeah. We sat in a local travel agency in Broken Hill and listened to it through a computer, <laughs> oh, eating God. fish and chips. And, you know... Our times have changed, mate. you know, like... And it was like crazy. pick number 37, registration number, whatever it was, 12345, Brent Staker, New South Wales, ACT Rams, West Broken Hill. That's and crazy. Like, oh, my God, we're going to Perth. <laughs> so... Well, what went through your ago. mind when, when uh, you know, West Australian team picture? Have you ever been over to WA? You've been to Perth? This is the ironic thing, and this is as true as I sit here. <laughs> I've never been over to WA but I wanted to play for West Coast. Wow, really? So, what what kind of made you want to go to the West? I think it was because New Beginnings, uh-huh. never been over there, didn't know a soul over in Perth. Um, I knew the likes and watched on TV, you know, Peter Matera, Glenn mm-hmm. Jakovic, you know, Dean Kemp, um, some of these superstars. And I was like, yeah, Perth, like it'd be cool to... And probably West Coast were sending a few more letters. Mm, yeah. So the few letters that came through, I was like, oh, you know, shit, West Coast seemed to be, I've got, I had more of them than anyone else. And I did get interviewed by West Coast at the draft camp. So I was like, yeah, maybe this is, is going to happen. And you, you don't know, right? Like, yeah, of course. They did a mock draft that year and it had me going to Richmond. But I was still a player that was not really on the radar. You mm-hmm. know, this is, so anyway, I ended up working, pick number 37, went to, went over to the West. That's it's a pretty crazy story, but every draft story is pretty crazy. But I think what happened in your career, did, did you ever have any expectations um, at the start of your career and oh. on what you wanted to do, how many games you wanted to play, how many goals you wanted to kick, what kind of a play you wanted to be remembered as? Um, back in the, when you first get drafted and maybe, maybe you're still going through this, you know, mm. trying to figure out what your identity what you want it to be and mm. what it currently is. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be um, a key position player, um, you know, you didn't know where your career was going to go because I was this young, skinny kid. Like, I was, I was like this cord. Like, I was so skinny, <laughs> you know, and I was little and I was so raw and, you know, learning about life. Mm. And you get thrown into – not that there was huge money back then. You know, first contract was 34 grand. Like, it yeah, wasn't, wow. wasn't huge money. Um but you got looked after in a professional organisation. But I do remember a conversation I had with Adam Selwood. So he, him and I got drafted together and yep. a guy by the name of Paul Johnson. So we got drafted together. Adam and I become really good mates and still best mates today. And we'll, I think it was maybe in our third or fourth session and we're like, imagine if we play like 100 games, like yeah. we've made it, you know, like 100 games of AFL. <laughs> and, um, you know, Adam went on to play, I think, 187. I played 160. So... Yeah, we probably exceeded our expectations. Adam was, you know, a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you, you just don't know at the time. And then some things go your way, some things don't. And mm. sort of your career just sort of, you know, goes on a path. Did did you get drafted around the same sort of time as the kind of Cousins, Judd, Kerr sort of sort of time period? I think Judd was 2003. Judd was the year before me. It was the year before you. Yeah, so okay. Judd and Kerr, I think Kerr was the year 
similar year to Judd. Yep. Um, Judd was definitely the year before because he was in the same crop as Ash Hansen, yep. Ash Sampy, mm-hmm. Mark Seabee, these kind of players. Ben Cousins, I think, was 97, 98. So oh, okay, so he was a bit older. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Cousins like in his early 20s by the yeah, time he okay. got to West Coast. Mm. And when you got into that environment, you're, you're at the Eagles the first year or two, what... What did you feel? Like, what, what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I had my white Oakley studies. <laughs> Massive regret. Um, yeah, awesome. Like, I remember the first day, Cuzzy was at the, at the West Coast facilities, you mm-hmm. know, shook her hand and he kept rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Real cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, just, it was just awesome to be being amongst it. You know, mm. you see your locker. I got given number 41. Um, and yeah, just ended up, you know, enjoying, I don't know. It's, it's funny when you, you, you sort of remember, I can still remember things like, and this is really weird, but like how the change rooms looked, how mm-hmm. they smelt, um, what was in your locker, you know, you open your locker up, there's all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us a tour the day we got there. We know we scooted around Perth and I don't know why, but they took us to Frio in our West Coast tops and all these Fremont <laughs> oh, people Frio. looking at us and there was a few words said. Real you know. alternative place, Frio. It's a very like but the whole hip, Perth. kind of like Fitzroy life vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's not somewhere you want to be wearing a West but Coast scarf. They took us to Fremantle for lunch, like in the, <laughs> in the pub and, you know, right in the You take them anywhere else, like anywhere, anywhere north else. of Frio and you're sweet, like everyone's going to love you. But don't no, take it to Frio. Right into the bloody, yeah, into the hornet's nest of, <laughs> oh. of Fremantle, who ended up being a great rivalry of West mm-hmm. Coast, you know, some awesome... You know, some awesome games against those guys. But, yeah, that was initial, you know, initial uh, moments in Perth when we get over there. Mm. No, that's brilliant. Well, we're going to get into the success um, that the Eagles have kind of through that through that period of 05, 06 um, and that sort of stuff. But before we do that, we could get into a l- little bit of a products plug because we do have a lot of fantastic products yeah. on the Prime website. We're actually releasing these Prime and Wide hoodies and tees very, very soon. They're going to be released tonight. I think that we're going to have this potty up by tomorrow. So if they're still on the website, go and pick them up, but they probably won't be because they sell out like that. So you probably <laughs> missed out on it. But if you guys do want to keep up on any more drops, make sure um, that you sign up to the VIP section. You're also going to be getting uh, text messages and alerts every time that we do a special little drop. We've got all the Prime Train subs as well, which is fantastic. We've got the protein, we've got the pre-workout and the creatine. We're going to be restocking the pre-workout hopefully at some stage in the next week or two. We're getting that all sorted. We're going to get some new labels done as well for the pre-workout and some new flavours as well. For the pre-workout, which is very exciting. Did you use a bit of pre-workout? Always. Never? Yeah, oh, we always? Were, we, were, we were heavy, yeah, protein, creatine, yeah. It's a way to go, isn't it? Oh. I love it. I love it. What's your favourite flavour of, of uh, protein? I'm, oh, I'm a bit boring. I'm just vanilla. I'm a vanilla guy as well. Yeah, vanilla yeah. sells the most for, yeah, for it's me. It's most versatile. Yeah, 100%. You can put it in whatever you want. I love a vanilla like <laughs> strawberry milkshake with a bit of, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely delicious. Love delicious. It. So make sure you guys go check that out. Use the code podcast to get 20% off on any of those products. We've also got a restock of the singlets and the shorts coming next week then the week after that we're going to be releasing afl guernseys and we might be doing a pre-sale on the long sleeve guernseys as well which come out so clean mm. i was very happy with them so stakes is a lot involved in in the singlets and that sort of stuff through lrf we'll get to that a little bit later before we get to that let's go through a little bit of that success period in 05 06 it was a fantastic time to be in the west it was a fantastic time to be an Eagles supporter mm. um because that's kind of where all the success started to come. Talk me through that 2005 season. You played, I think, 23 games. You played all the games, and um, you guys, yeah, make it all the way through to, to the grand, grand final. final. Yeah, look, I was 21 that year. I 
started off at 20, turned to 21. <clears throat> Funny thing about that year for me was, I think it got to round, my birthday was coming up when I was turning 21 in May. Mm. And I just had my birthday yesterday, actually. Happy birthday, sir. Turned 39. I should have um, sent you a message. <laughs> <laughs> No. Happy birthday, Stacks. Everyone send me a message. Make sure you get onto that. I kept it I very low key. Very low key. Um, so we're talking, this is 2005. I turned 21. Um, but the week before, and the season, this is my third season. Mm -hmm. But the week before I turned 21, we're playing Port Adelaide. Sorry, the, the, the 21st game is playing Port Adelaide. The week before, we're playing Collingwood MCG. Yep. And I started on the bench and I didn't get on the field for a while. Um, I'm sort of going, oh, geez, like. And I must have had a couple of bad games leading up to this Collingwood game. Mm -hmm. And finally get on the field and a couple of minutes had gone by and didn't get near it. You know, Collingwood are a good team at this yep. time. I think we won the game still. Um, and then I get James Clement holding the ball in the foot or somewhere in the, in the game and then about to get my first touch. And then one of the Eagles players picks up the ball and takes off, you know, <laughs> play on. I'm like, fuck, I need to get a chance. I need to get a kick, mate. So then Staker come off and then never went back on. So what was it like in those days? Because you genuinely would like, like interchange is so different these days. Like what was the go? Cause I swear like back then you might play five minutes in a game. Yeah. Oh yeah. You were like, if it's weird, like if you were now, if you start on the bench, who cares? Cause you, you, just, you just roll through, you've got oh, a rotation. You've still got to play 60, 70 minutes. <laughs> you start on the bench. You're, you're hoping you get on. Like <laughs> no one come off. You're waiting for the message to come down to the guy on the bench that had the phone, say, Stakes, get ready, get warmed up, you're ready to go. Like, we were doing runs on the... <laughs> you were basically like a sub. Like, you, yeah. you, you weren't... It wasn't an interchange. It was it The was game was sub. different, though, because it was more one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, the speed of the game now is amazing. The mm -hmm. zones, how... You know, just how it was... You know, West Coast and Sydney played really good because they were just one-on-one -on -one teams. Mm -hmm. But... That's exactly right. Like, so I get called off, sit on the bench, the rest of the game. That had donuts like zero, 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 and I was like, oh, oh no, I've had a shocker. Like, one holding the ball though. You got one tackle. Yeah, I got a tackle. That's right. <laughs> so then in the news that week, um, you know, the, you know, all the news, Saker might be dropped and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna, you know, young kid. Yeah, of course. Probably gonna happen. I didn't get dropped, and mm -hmm. um, John Walsfold called me in and he said, mate, we're not gonna drop you, but you're gonna play in the back pocket this week. And, you won't be getting um, many, many touches probably <laughs> Played against Port Adelaide yep. At Subiaco And then we get to game day And he took me aside again He just said mate you, you feeling good And he goes yeah, I just need you to do this This, this. And I said yeah mate No, no worries And acting really cool again yeah. um, And I'm nervous as shit Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I've just had to come off 30 minutes Or 20 minutes And not get a touch Anyway And it was my 21st My parents are in town My oh, friends no. are in town You know It was sort of a I never really knew much about 21st, but it got built up, so I yeah. wanted to play the game. And um, played really well. Had like 21 touches. No way, out of the back pocket. Out of the back pocket. <laughs> had a great game. West Coast beat that. And it sort of set me off. I just got this new little life of confidence, and it set me off for the rest of the season and mm -hmm. played a really consistent – didn't dominate. Clearly, there was guns in the team, but mm -hmm. just had a really consistent end to 2005, which went into the finals and, and the grand final and all that sort of stuff. So it was like a, a moment in that year I could have – got dropped and struggled to get back into the team mm -hmm. and in and out and battled with confidence, but stayed in, had a really good game against Port Adelaide and then then it ended up being a interesting sort of finish to that year, which was still exciting. Mm. What do you think you did in that – can you remember what you did in that week that gave you the confidence to go out and go from a zero-touch game to a 21-touch game? I remember thinking – I can't really remember the week leading up, but I remember the, the conversation with Warsfold before the game probably settled – 
some nerves. Some nerves. Because you know that your teammates are going, oh, shit, he, didn't, he had a shit game mm. and he's probably in the gun. And I never, really, I don't remember having too many conversations with teammates saying, mate, we got you, you know. So that, that, didn't, that didn't really happen at the time. Um, but I remember getting a touch early and then I was just like, oh, just just sort of go for it. Like it you, relieves you, doesn't it? It like does. When you get when you get your hands on the peel early, you can just like relax a little bit. Got a few touches early, um, and then yeah, you just got to. It's a it's something that just happens sometimes. As soon as you start to fall into that space of freedom, mm-hmm. it just sort of happens. Like you can sometimes flow. you walk off the game, you go, how did I do that? Or <laughs> that happened, but it does. And that's it's obviously you that's generated that vibe within, mm-hmm. but it just went really well for me and the. And the season seemed to follow. It's unbelievable. You, when did you know, do you think, as a team, that you guys were a chance? You know, pre-season, did you know halfway through the season that you knew that this is actually a team that could, that could challenge for a flag this year? Um, West Coast were always strong. Uh, you know, West Coast would always start, a trend of West Coast would always start the season so well. And then back half of the season always be a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But we just had so many good players. Like, I think everyone knew that we're going to be good. Mm. Um, and each game, 05, 06, West Coast were a team that might be down at halftime, but then come back and belt that team by 20, 30 points. Yeah, wow. You know, it happened so many times. So you'd walk into the halftime change rooms, you're like, yeah, well, we're, we're in this. We're we gonna, know that we're, we're going to be all right. And it happened against Geelong in 06. We were down by like 54 points at halftime. And, you know, I think that's <laughs> West Coast's biggest or greatest ever comeback win. 30-odd points down at three-quarter time and win by two or three points. So... That happened a lot at West Coast, and that's due to the the coaching and the cattle that we had. We had some, you know, you had Judd, Cousins, Cox, Kerr, throw in Andrew Embley, Chatty Fletcher. These two don't seem to get mentioned in that conversation, yeah. and Tyson Stengline. Mm. Um, you throw those guys in there, in and around, David Rapanda, Daniel Chick, Adam Selwood. It was great. It's a... <clears throat> it was a players. crazy team. It was a literate... Like, I was watching the, the 05 grand final last night just sitting in my bed just having a watch of it and it was um it was just the team that you had was crazy like it, it was unbelievable anyway we're getting to the 05 grand final sure. you walk out into the grand there's 100,000 people there playing the swans it's a start of probably you know two incredible years of, of football grand finals um which i don't think happens very often you don't usually mm. get two teams in the same grand final you usually get some sort of premiership hangover or one team that loses or becomes a runner-up might not make it the next year but Two fantastic years. Let's talk through the 05 grand final. You got the job on Adam Goods. Was that for the whole game? Was that something that was prepared pre-game? Or how was the go with that? No, it changed. I started... um, Adam Selwood had the job on Adam Goods. He obviously wasn't doing a very good job. (laughs) (laughs) Sellers, I feel sorry for Adam Selwood. He'd get Mark Rusciuto one week and then then he'd get Nathan Buckley and then he'd get Robert Harvey. Far out. So he ended up getting Adam Goods in the the grand final. Um, I started half forward. We had a very tall forward line in Mm -hmm. 05. There was Michael Gardner, Ash Hanson, myself and Travis Gasper. Yep. So we had a really tall tall forward line um, and Ty Canelli started on me you know, the Irish Whippet the Irish and, number um, seven yeah and away he went so it was a I tried to get hit up a bit got missed um, and then he just started, started to rebound and then Adam Goods at the time may have had just a slight upper hand on, on Adam Selwood and then the, the change was made I think it was made at half time mm-hmm. and said Stakes you go run with, with Adam Goods I hadn't really ran with anyone in my whole life I was going to say like you know like you hadn't really done too much of a run with hadn't role. played too much midfield hadn't played hadn't tagged hadn't 
down a run with Ra. But it does make sense. Like both of your body sizes would match up on each other. Like I can see Selwood could be caught out from size from Goods. Obviously, Goods was a ruckman as well. Yeah. One of Brownlow was a ruckman. So he's a, he was a tall player. I think he was 196, 197 centimetres. I think Adam Selwood would have only been 185. Yeah. Like, so definitely a bit of a height discrepancy. You go into him for the second half. And yeah, like this is in a grand final. So, <laughs> how uh, are you feeling? Are you nervous? Shitting as, yourself at half time? And I, I wasn't starting in the middle. So, this is casting the memory back. But I think I was starting either wing or half forward. And, and you'd going, switch. Yeah, because okay. they wanted the, obviously the Jets in the middle. Yep. Um, keep stakes out the middle. Yeah, get, out of it. get the Jets in the middle. <laughs> rock up later on and see how yeah. you go. And see if you can run with. It went. It sort of went okay. Like Goodsy, I haven't really watched the game too much to be honest, because mm-hmm. it was one of those games you go, oh, shit. I'm you don't want to watch it back. Yeah, I watched it once and it probably didn't sit well with me because you're watching it from an older set of eyes now. I'm watching mm-hmm. it as a thirty. At the time, I was probably 35 or 36 going, God, like I'm 21 there. Why'd you, why'd you do that? Or why oh, are you you're doing 21 that? though. Cut yourself some yeah. slack, you know. It's, like It's tricky though, but that's how you look at your career. Of course. Like you look back at these moments and you go, wow. And it's hard to, it's hard to put yourself back in that moment. Mm. You, know, you, you know, you're seeing it from a fresh set of eyes. But um, yeah, obviously it was full on. Like there was 92 or 3,000 people there and it's it was ridiculous. hectic. And, you know, playing on Goodsy was, you know, kind of a privilege, you know. I'd watched Goodsy come through the system and mm. admired the guy. And, um, yeah, ended up being a bit of a rivalry. We, I ended up planning, I don't know, for some reason, West Coast kept choosing to put me on Goods. Not all the time, but I think out of most occasions, I played on him. And then when I went to Brisbane, Vossi put me on Goodsy as well. So, <laughs> you know, that's a, it was a bit of a task. He's a racehorse. Like he's he's a, a, off he go. Yeah. But, yeah, that was 05. That's – I don't want to dwell on it too much because I know it's not – like it's oh, probably not a happy memory, you know. Obviously, losing your grand final, but like it was an incredible opportunity for you. And then, like you know, you Huge. you get to do something that a lot of a lot of people played 160 games and never even got to the finals. So like it's a, it's an incredible achievement just in that. So I think it's something you should be very proud of. Um, we'll 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 get rid of that. Oh six. Yep. What happened over the preseason? I think oh six West Coast was super super hard trainers. You know, mm. we would. Um, all the, you know, McGilvray Oval and... Oh, um, McGilvray, that's a spot to be, isn't it? Yeah, <sighs> and we trained at some... I think this could have been the year as well. We trained at a school, a private school uh, near Carinup, I think. Could have been... Could and have been Hale, could have been Scotch, could have been Carinup. Could have been Scotch. Um, yeah, it could have been Scotch. Oh, no, Scotch a bit further. Carinup, Carinup's... Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, no, I don't know. Could have been out like... Aquinas, uh, Guildford could have been at one of those. I don't know. I'm thinking of all the PSA schools I used to play against. It was we did this session, and I think this is leading into the 06 year. I think, mm-hmm. and um, if not, it's still a good story. But we did the whole session, the whole preseason. They had it like a bit of a a running track, um, you know, a 400 meter track. So you do your 400, your 200s. It was like a four or five or six k session, and you know, I used to choose to do it in boots or runners, and that was your own choice. And um, we finished the session and then John Walsfold called us in. This is the short version. And then he's like, boys, get ready. You're doing the whole session again. And we smashed this session out again. Like, um, yeah, and sort of, yeah, it built obviously a heap of resilience and the boys like, right, let's lock in, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I mean, I remember at the time, I think a few boys were like, oh, shit, like, here we go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're all in sort of different running groups then. So, you know, the best runners are in group sort of D. So you had mm-hmm. your Judds, Cousins, Kerr. They had to run a certain time. 
then it was group like C plus, C, B and A. So if you're in group A, yeah, you've only you're, just rocked up and you're yeah. no good. <laughs> um, so I was hovering around group C, C plus, mm -hmm. um, but most of the other boys were in um, group D. Or went, I went through the whole way, but you just throw Cuzzy straight into the, into the mix. What, what was it like training with people like Ben Cousins and Chris Judd? Obviously they're workhorses. What was it like them being around the club? Were they, were they pushing other people um, to train at the same level that they did? I think so. I, I remember that they just, you know, they were awesome. You yeah. Know, that's, that's a pretty broad term. But they were, they were just so well um, advanced in what they were doing. Like mm. Juddy, I still think Juddy's the guy that changed the game for a lot of kids looking at the footy wanting to come into the system. Like Juddy mm. comes into the AFL system, doesn't play round one, goes and plays the waffle and gets 30-odd touches, mm. kicks three goals. Rightio, West Coast put him in and then his career's off. Like, Didn't look back. Yeah, he was just outstanding in the way that he carried himself. He captained the club there for a while and he was, I don't know, he was just strong, fast and everyone wanted to emulate that. Mm. It's really hard to because your ability is never going to be Chris Judd. But it gave probably people a bit of hope and inspiration that they can come into the system and try and play so well so soon. And it wasn't just training for them. It was also their nutrition side of things as well. I think Juddy was a bit of a freak. Mm. Yeah. So I think he was, once again, ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. He was right onto that stuff. He's obviously a smart man. Um, I think he was right into that stuff and made sure that he was being the best he could be. I know there was a lot of other players that were still learning. But, um, you know, those the guys that we had, you know, I saw the best, some of the best moments of skill and training and whether in the practice games when or in scrimmage when you put Judd and Kerr on each other or Judd and Cousins. Like, you think back to some of those handball games, some of the, you know, inside 50 drills yeah. or the pre-season drills and uh, um, scratch matches and you just see those guys go at it. Like, that was... Oh, mate, it would have been pretty cool just take a step back and just be like, you yeah. guys just go at and it. They used to go at it. Like, and, and Judd and Kerr used to live... They were living together. Yeah. But they were besties and, um, yeah, just pushed each other as best they could. Cousy obviously throw Cuzzy in the mix. So there was some really good players there. And we, I overlapped with some people like Ash McIntosh, Drew Banfield, mm -hmm. Peter Matera, Philip Matera, Glenn Jakovic. So mm -hmm. a really good set of old heads that were from the champion years that, you know... Were almost us. able to mentor not only yourself, but the, other but the rest of them coming through. Yep. That's, it's crazy. Who, who do you reckon was, was the best mentor for you throughout your time at the Eagles at the start there? Yeah, from one of the older boys. It's, it's, a, it's not, not sure. I used to have some good chats with Ash McIntosh, mm -hmm. um, but he sort of finished up soon or soon after I got there. Um, I sort of just become really close with the mates around me. Adam mm -hmm. Selwood, you know, David Rapunda actually is probably yep. one that him and I become probably really good friends. Awesome. Um, still good friends today. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of lot of lot of good names. It's a it's a lot. It's a it's a very illustrious um, company, I guess that you that you're with. Yeah. 06, you again play pretty much the whole season, round yeah. one to round 22. Um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk around you guys that season that you were, you know you're going to come back bigger and stronger and better. And um, again, you and Sydney go go head to head in the grand final. But how did you find that year? Um, and talk me through that a little bit. I felt good that season. Um, probably my best, one of my best seasons in footy. Mm -hmm. uh, and just had that mindset of, you know, attacking it. Felt bigger, stronger by this stage. You know, you're 22, 23. So you're... Starting to fill out a little bit. Yeah, I was a, you know, late developer, as they say. Yep. You know, I didn't... I was still young and skinny and... Although I was kind of strong, but... Until you got into your 20s when you really filled out to a man. But... Um, 
yeah, 06 was, was a good season. Um, how it sort of finished for me was, and we had some great games. You know, we mentioned the Geelong game and um, there was another Carlton game in there. We, you know, the old Subiaco over where they used to just chant Oh, Eagles. how good was Subiaco, mate? So oh. much fun. And it's a shame <laughs> it's gone, but, you know, it was some absolute rippers there. Um, and... Yeah, the season finished off. Round 22, we played Richmond at MCG. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I got knocked out in uh, just at the start of three-quarter uh, in yeah. the third quarter. And it really bad. Like, just got my legs taken out, hit my head, so I was done. And under the new rules, you know, there's... You usually have two, two weeks. weeks off. So the next week come around, we play Sydney at Subiaco Oval. And this is that famous game where um, I ended up playing. Had an, okay, had an okay game, but wasn't at my best whether it was concussion, whether it was nerves, it just I just didn't play at my best and I played to our forward. Um, and my best mate, Ash Hansen, wasn't in the team at the moment. He was coming off a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the game where Michael O'Loughlin kicks that goal right at the end and then goes up to the player and like, <laughs> like this screams at his face, like awesome. Big fat guys like this. Yeah. <laughs> They're always kissing. <laughs> but Sydney go on to win the game by two or three points. Like mm-hmm. absolute classic game in, in the history of the Eagles-Sydney rivalry. Um, so then, yeah, so then after that game, this is where the season turned for me. I didn't get selected, but I guess the pleasing part for me is that Ash came into the team. Him and I are best mates. Mm-hmm. Ash came in and, you know, we had a conversation at home. I said, mate, look, it is what it is. Like, to me, it was, nothing, it was something that um, it's not personal mm-hmm. and he's my best mate. And I was so happy for him to play the following week to come in. They played the Bulldogs. He played super well. We played Adelaide the week after that in Adelaide and we won, beat, beat the Crows and then we got into the grand final. So, you know, we had some good moments in the lead up to the grand final. I was emergency with um, Matt Rosa and Jamie Graham. Yeah, Jamie wow. Graham's stories, you know, he played against Adelaide and David Rapunda come in. Come in. So Jamie had to go out. His story's more harsh than some, you know, it happens every year, right? Yeah, in the grand final. Oh, 100%. There's always going to be a hard luck story in, in a winning grand final team. So, but look, it was a, just being around that whole environment, you know, to play against Sydney the year before we lose, to play against Sydney the year after and, and West Coast win and still, you know, still contribute somewhat throughout the season, but then see some good mates go through and win the, you know, play in the grand final. It was awesome. Yeah, great memories. It goes back to something that I always try to preach to a lot of people is if you want to be happy, you've got to be, um, I guess, happy with the success of other people. And like, if you're, if you're ever going to be envious or jealous of, other people's success and you're never ever going to find any happiness in, in the things that you do or the things that they do. Mate, that stuff weighs you down. Mm. You know, if you've got a... Look, perfect example. If I was like... I remember the first year after it, I wanted to go talk to John Walsford and say, why wasn't I selected? I look back down, I go, I didn't need to do that. Mm. You know, it, they had to make a professional decision based on the best, best setup for that team. You know, and they chose to go a bit smaller. You know, I... Whatever happened in that match committee, so be it. And I've come to terms with it. Like, it's just move on. Like, it's mm. sport. It wasn't the right timing. Um, like I say, I got to contribute throughout the year, but for those couple of moments, it wasn't part of it. But if you let that stuff sink in, as you say, it, it sits on your shoulders, you lose sleep, you're never at peace. Mm. you just got to get on with it. Do you think that every single person that plays during the year or every person on the squad or the roster, like in the NBA, deserves a ring or a chip or a medal? It's a great question. Um, uh, potentially no, mm-hmm. no. Um, but maybe there's some kind of qualification. Mm. But you, it's 
it's kind of unique to Australia, right? Like it is. you're playing that moment, you yeah. I think if you start changing it, then it's just going to get a bit messy. I agree. Like, I, you could, like for instance, you could say, well, you played the whole season, so you're part of it. You miss out on three games, but you get a medal. Yeah, sure, but don't know. I don't think it would sit well with me. Like, mm-hmm. here's your medal and you didn't play. Like, you want to be part of that group. And that's probably what we aspire to. You want to be part of that group to run out on grand final day and give it your best shot mm. and you get rewarded for it. It's an interesting thing, interesting thing because, you know, in NBA, even if you play three games for the Lakers and the Lakers win the, win the chip, you get a... You get a ring, but you probably feel like you don't really deserve it. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a really interesting and, and like you said, it's it's like Australia. We don't do it. Correct. Know? I think and it's an Australian thing. We we probably feel like you got to earn it, and mm. you just don't want to be given it because you're on that list or the roster. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Mm, thank you. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with it, and it's something that I really like about Australia. Well, we go through um, after '06. I'll, I'll have to touch on this because it is a massive thing, but. You know, we had some Ben Cousins incidents and, yeah. uh, and I don't want to touch on it too much because, mm. um, but, it, but it was a very newsworthy um, thing at the time. Um, how, did, how did you go through that kind of period and, and what was your take on, on the whole Ben Cousins saga? It was a colourful period. It was a very colourful period. Uh, were you living over there then? <laughs> I was living what, over there. I was in, yeah, it would have been in Kojanup. So yeah, very right. young, very new to the town and just... Um, Trying to figure out what the what yeah, going on? what what the goes because I'm you know I'm six or seven I've got no idea what oh, yeah, what, yeah. what these things are that everyone's talking about. But what was your thoughts on the uh, on the Ben Cousins saga? He was I've got great respect for Cuzzy. I like Cuzzy. Um, I think he's a a cracking bloke. Mm. Um, had some tough times, you know. Like it's um, interesting for him. And I mean, one day he'll probably go through it all again. Um, but yeah, you know, I just remember it being you know full on with media at training you know this is way before social media so yeah. there was always a camera at training there was always you know the channel 10 with the big scope on top and yeah you know, nowadays you just have fun yeah, yeah, yeah so um there was always that stuff at the at, at subiaco at the players entrance they weren't there to see me they weren't there to see ash champion <laughs> they were just there to see men cousins um so yeah i don't know it was just a, a time where you didn't really have an opinion on it because we didn't know what was going on. Like, mm-hmm. we were playing footy, he was playing footy. Was it a distraction? Uh, maybe, but everyone seemed to play good footy still. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always the last to, to run out. And when he ran out onto the field with us, you're like, Cousy's with us. Cousy's here. That's how I felt. I, I mean, it's quite of a broad answer, be, well, an opinion, because so many players would see it differently. You know, there's another 30 odd players in the group at the time that might have said, I hated that, or mm. why is he doing that? But yeah. I sort of stayed in my lane, made sure I was at training, trying not never really stuffed up. And you're just sort of hearing stuff here and there when it happened and trying to be a good teammate as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, yeah, it was a very interesting period to be in the West. It was a very interesting period to, um, to follow the Eagles, I think, because, you know, it felt like we had all this success and no one really, from a fan perspective, had, had any idea about there might be a rift in the, in the side or in the team. And then it kind of felt like it all started to unravel. 2008, I know, again, you probably don't want to talk about this. No, what did, we, what did, with it? we did have, I remember we had a conversation at Ireland and uh, I think that you said, you might've even said it to my old man. It's like, it's the only fucking thing that people talk about about my career and it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Hall. Talk to me about the Barry Hall incident. <laughs> oh, look, Barry, Barry and I go way back. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, what um, was your thought? So you're there, you're, you're giving him a bit of this and that. He's probably uh, he's probably shown that he's a pretty aggressive character in, mm. in the past, and um, and you've decided, no, what? I'm, I don't care. I'm not going to take a backward step. I'm going to give him a bit, bit of a nudge here and there, and he gives you kind of one, and then you give him another nudge. And I thought the first one was a free kick. <laughs> he gave me the way to the neck. Um, I was 23, and this is at over in Sydney, and. Young kid. I, I was on actually Michael O'Loughlin, Darren Glass was on Barry Hall. Why were you on Hall? Yeah, we got the change up. <laughs> and that's when the old fear in the eye set in said, Glassy, <laughs> Glassy, come back. Come back, quick, hurry, hurry. And um, you never hurried. And then <laughs> that's it. Um, so, yeah, we got this change up. And then young kid, you know, this is as you do, you know, you're just trying to be intense. And things for a defender always be messy. You mm. know, don't just stand on the forward. Because if I'm the forward and you're not. Um, if you know, if you're not just got an arm on me or doing anything, if you just stand there, the forward loves that. Like, yeah. As you. Oh, hundred you know, percent. Like, if anyone's if yeah, if someone's nudging me, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. So, if you're going to get a free ride, you're going to have a day out. Mm-hmm. But if you've got someone that's pissing you off all day, mm. you're eventually going to piss them off, mm-hmm. and they might do something silly. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to happen, but I was just trying to be messy. I know that the kicker was sort of sixty meters away, so at that point. There could have been a long bomb coming in. And I was just like getting ready, getting ready, and then bang, it's all over. <laughs> Do you remember it? I don't. You don't no. remember any of it? When you get hit like that, um, yeah, it just obviously just, you know, floored me, like gone. And, <laughs> and he's decided to say he's gone arms, arms out afterwards. Yeah, he said, I'm by what's that a free kick? <laughs> look, it's, I think looking back, it's, I mean, I don't think he likes looking at it and seeing it. Um, like Barry Hall's a, one of the one of the best forwards to play the game. Like he's an outstanding player. Him and I caught up in 2018 and to bury the hatchet. We never really spoke much after it. He yeah. did leave a message on my phone at really? the time. Yeah, and I must admit I was a bit bit dazed. Like for a few, of course, but for a few days after it, um, and then you know the tribunal had to do their thing and all this sort of stuff. And then we seven spoke. or eight weeks, didn't he? Yeah. And then we spoke again, and um, yeah, I sort of said, mate, you know, as a young kid then, I'm like, mate, it's okay, and he goes, we'll have a beer one day, and I said, yeah, sure, like, but then time passed, never really saw each other, and then we sort of met up in 2018 and had a bit of a chat, and once again, you're looking at it with older eyes, like, he's now in his mid to late 30s, and I was young 30s, and yeah, I could see that he was probably pretty remorseful of it. For him, it's probably more for him being a superstar that he didn't want to be remembered just for knocking people out. But yeah, it seemed to happen a bit. How many weeks would it be if Barry Uh, Hall, if Barry Hall did that in 2023? How many weeks would it have been? Jeez, I'd have to say 10 minimum. (laughs) I reckon it could be 15. (laughs) It could be a 15. If people are getting done for those tackles that they're getting done for, yeah, I reckon it could be a 15 weeker. Yeah, geez, if he, that'd be huge, wouldn't it? Well, it, dep- uh, it all now depends on how bad the the event, like after the event, like the concussion and everything was. That's kind of how they judge it. Mm. Anyway, it's it's a crazy thing to look back on. Are, are you? Does it make you unhappy that 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 was a part of your career and and that that sometimes maybe what you might might have been remembered a lot for? A little bit, yeah. Um... I mean, it's common. It's just, I'm totally happy to talk about it and people ask the question. It's just when you get a few people that try and be a bit cheeky about it. And you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, come on, mate. Like, I'm, I didn't want to get knocked out, but it just <laughs> happened. But, um, yeah, look, it's part of, part of my career. You know, you, 
it is what it is. Like mm. you just you get on with it, you you um, accept it. The career's made up a lot of things, but that's obviously one moment that's um, you know big in the Prominent. NFL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at least you remember for something. Yeah, I mean, mate, <laughs> kicked a few goals. You no one remembers those. How many, did, how many did Barry Hall kick that goal? Kick that day? Do you remember? I don't think he kicked many. Did you think he kicked? Maybe that's why he's so frustrated. Yeah, he must have been having a bad day. <laughs> All right, Stakes. So you've had a fantastic career at the Eagles, and then you make an interesting move um, to the Brisbane Lions. Talk me through a little bit of of what your thoughts were moving from WA back to the East Coast. I haven't really touched on this much to public or not that's a huge story or anything but um yeah i had to go into me and my manager at the time we worked out okay maybe it's best to move and leave west coast and i'd been there seven years i was 25 going on 26 yep and i was like oh yeah managers like mate let's give it some thought two years before i shifted we had sydney and collingwood knocking on the door two years in a row and we sort of said no no both years this is in 2007 2008 wow 2009 manager goes look I think it's time to, to leave. You've got a year to run on your West Coast contract, but for longevity, maybe now's the time to go. So we got Sydney and Brisbane, the two clubs that are having a real good look. And um, I had to go into John Warsfold. And this is sort of an end of year review. And he's sort of saying, look, we want to start to play you more in the midfield. We like what we're sort of starting to see. We want to start to develop you in this sort of way. And I sort of said to say, oh, mate, I'm... I'm I probably think, going to explore. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave. And I started to cry. Yeah, and I cried in front of Wisher. Um, I got all, you know, the glassy eye. I'm not crying now, but the glassy eyed and got a bit teary. And, you know, I looked at, I was a big fan of John Walsfold. Um, uh, you know, followed him as a young kid when I, in his early days at the Eagles. He's a hard, hard bastard. And, um, uh, you know, and then had to, I love the way he coached and sort of looked after me. I know he had some great relationships with players. He's, his and I were always sort of respected each other. Never the best, best mates, but I think we respected each other. And then I had to tell him that, so I was really upset. Um, Far out. So did, did, do you look back on that and maybe you regret your decision to go over to Brisbane? Not really. Not really. Um, injuries, which we'll get to in a minute, in Brisbane really pissed me off. Uh. Um, I was pretty lucky in Perth. I had a broken knuckle and a broken wrist and a broken thumb. So I had three hand injuries at West Coast. They were the, they were the worst injuries Sorry, like that's all I really went through. I didn't mm-hmm. go through too many other high-impact injuries. So a knuckle, a thumb and a wrist. And I think they all happened against Fremantle. Yeah. Why? Always in fights. I don't know. But <laughs> in the derby. That always happened against Fremantle. Um, so, yeah, to tell Wusher that, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. Um, mm-hmm. But look, yeah, looks like it, I feel like it was a good decision in the mm-hmm. end. I think it was because you end up spending eight years at the Lions. Yeah, six years. Six years at the Lions. So we end up moving. So ended up we ended up taking a four-year deal. So four-year deal to Brisbane. Um, and it's true as this, I get to Brisbane. After about a month, I call my manager and I'm like, mate, you need to get me out of here. No like, way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was just – I was, wasn't in the right headspace. I was – probably used to some of the things in Perth that wasn't in Brisbane, you know, like we had some of the change rooms weren't nice. We were training, wasn't very fancy. Like I was used to training at WAFL grounds and, you know, and I just hadn't really explored or seen much of Brisbane and footy. It's like footy is not prominent. Mm -hmm. And mate, here I am now and absolutely love Brisbane. Like I love the city. (laughs) I saw this whole thing change, love the club. It just all changed. but What the, changed? 
Oh, I think my whole perception changed. Okay. Um, being injured actually helped my perception. Really? And having conversations with people like Jonathan Brown and Simon Black. Like, I remember saying to Blackie one day, I said, mate, so you've done all your pre-seasons at this ground. Like, those change rooms just there and that ground, you say you've been here your whole... He goes, yeah, mate, like, this is... This is it? This is it. I'm like, of course. Like, you don't need the best facilities to be the best player. He's the best player in the game. Mm-hmm most decorated and he trains at the shittest change rooms and an over where there's a, a swamp running by and a thousand bats you know like <laughs> that you can smell you know it's a swamp but that's where he's trained and oh, that's right. where he's dominated and he's the best player in the game so these little conversations remember i was a bit young and not sure and it just made me realize that hey who gives a shit like yeah mm. so Good. that's how the two the two cities i was like perth is pretty cool great surf city um you know and you know, your West Coast, people sort of, young kid, you know, get a, Tommy, get a steaks. Yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, mate, have a photo, go to Brisbane, didn't have a clue you were. Did, did you like that a little bit more, not having to take photos with people and kind of just, just being a normal bloke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely did. It was, it was weird at the start. You probably didn't like it at the start and then eventually you're like, you know what, I can actually just take a breath here and go out in public. Yeah, well, people in Melbourne, all those cities, they're obviously used to people whispering. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing in Brisbane. Yeah. Jonathan Brown, nothing. <laughs> No one. All right, I've got a I've got a question for you that I think that you might struggle with a little bit. <laughs> so I want you to rank oh, one to five yeah. of players you play with: Judd, Cousins, Kerr, Black, Brown. Judd, Cousins, Black. Judd, Cousins, Black, Kerr, Brown. Oh, very stiff on Michael uh, Dean Cox. A uh, stiff. I Cox? should say stiff. Okay, Cox. <laughs> <laughs> stiff Cox. You want to? <laughs> you need Cox in there as number six uh, if you want. Look, it's a tough one, but if I'm going to – I'm probably – this is off the cuff. <laughs> okay, it's not, I know. I didn't Judd. put this – so Stakes messaged me last night. He goes, can you give me a little bit of an idea of what questions you're going <laughs> to give me tomorrow? In there. And I didn't put this one in there. So I want you to – one to five. Judd. Judd, number one. In terms of people that I've played the same team with, yep. obviously Judd, Black. Black. Cousins. Cousins. Uh, I'm going to say Cox. Cox at four. Yep. I'm going to say – Brown and Kerr. Brown and Kerr, five or six. Yeah. That's but a cracking list. It's a cracking list of blokes you played some footy with. But, you know, if you're not in the same team as Judd or Cousins, you know, Kerr's up there. Kerr's a freak. Um, I'll tag them all in this video. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's cracker. Let, let's talk quickly. You had a few injuries um, at the Lions. Yeah, so, mate, I got injured round one, 2011, against Fremantle. Mm-hmm. Um, and busted my knee, so ACL. ACL. And look, it's part of the game. Like I said, never had a severe injury before, but busted my ACL and then just, yeah, learned so much about professionalism, recovery, what it means to do an ACL, um, realisation that, shit, I'm not playing footy for a while. Mm. Like I was, I reckon I'll start to hit my, my real prime. I just started to get really big and strong and then had ended up having two years off. Wow. Yeah, so I hurt my knee again in the recovery. Uh, in the, I came back. I did a Lars operation, which they put a bit of rope in your leg. Mm-hmm. I busted the rope, oh, went in for the operation. This is – so I got back in like 18 weeks. It's incredible. You know, it's usually a 12-month turnaround. Yeah. So hurt my knee round one. I ended up playing in round 16 or 17, and then I hurt my knee again against West Coast, but tore the rope, so it didn't hurt as much. Because when you do an ACL, it fucking it's hurts. bad, yeah. It's an explosion in your knee that lasts about – 15 seconds, just goes bang, oh. and then it just disappears. So, and you're like, oh, I think I'm all right. But for that 15 not. seconds, it's the worst. And 
Got back played, obviously the, the string broke, the last, and saw a new surgeon, went to get it done, and he goes, I woke up from the operation, he goes, mate, we didn't do the surgery, your, the holes in your leg were out by five, 0.5 of a millimetre. Can't even see 0.5 of a millimetre. So they had to, took some bone, plug the holes, I went back in at the start of 2012, they did the reco, and then I rehabbed all of 2012. So, what did you do to keep yourself busy? Uh, mate, we worked so hard at the footy club, yeah. You've got to buy into that stuff because mm. straight away you can go, career's over, this is shit, I'm injured, everyone else is playing footy, doing what they love. Uh, I had Brownie a little bit. Brownie, I don't know if you remember round one, 2011. I hurt you? my knee and I'm on the bench for like a minute and they go, Brownie's down. And Brownie, that's when he smashed his leg smashed onto him. Luke McFarlane's knee and caved smashed his Smashed his head into... Uh, cast, yeah, his head. Yeah. I remember, he was going, I remember he was going back with the flight and kind of like almost jump to like take like a chest mark back with the flight and as he's come down McFarlane's come across knees him come across and then Brownie's head like he had to go to like the hospital which is like the car crash unit like it was a bad smashed his face far out and, um, what was that like so you were sitting on the bench and then Brownie comes back for a mark <laughs> gets his <laughs> face smashed did you see him as he come off or did he go straight to the ambulance I think he went straight yeah I believe they took him straight into the down the race because his face was out of shape. Mm -hmm. He had to go straight to the hospital. It was a, it was a, I think was you remember that famous photo of Brownie that he posted? Like, his face was purple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was full on. Was he the toughest player you've ever played with? Probably the most individually toughest and reckless, yeah. Or was he stupid? No. Nah. <laughs> like, what, like... He's stupid's a, stu stupid's a bad word. I don't mean that. I mean, was, oh, he like, put himself into some stupid did he, situations. Yeah, did he put himself into some situations. But he almost won all those situations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. You, when you hear two players smash on the field going back 100 mile an hour, one of them's Jonathan Brown. Oh, yeah, you're glad <laughs> was, you're not Was he in like that, that in training? A couple of times, yeah. I mean, yeah. Did you say, what are you doing, Brownie? Every time you did one-on-one -on -one with Brownie, you're like, oh, I've got Brownie. <laughs> Because you know you're going to get hurt because he's swinging elbows and stepping on you. You're like, oh, God. But uh, it makes you better. Like, yeah. Brownie's, Brownie was all or nothing. Like, mm. he's one of the best, you know, he's in the, he's in the conversation for the best 10 forwards to ever play the game. Yeah. Best five. Um, yeah, all or nothing, Brownie, tough. I remember we'd be leaving training and Brownie'd still be there kicking goals. Like, still be there. It's like LeBron James just yeah. shooting hoops. Like, Brownie's still kicking goals. He had a fantastic set shot routine. I remember yeah. just getting on a little bit of a trot and then just... He used to always kick him. Yeah. It reminds me actually a lot of Tex Walker's um, goal kicking style, um, believe it Both or not. Kick a ball. Uh, yeah, so you, your Lions career finishes up. How, how did you feel at the end when you've, you've done everything that you've done? Were you happy with the way that it all turned out? I think so. It's, it's you know, you talk about, I had this conversation the other day um, about success and is it successful, is it not? I, I I say it was, like, for my own standards and what I wanted to be. And, yeah, I was happy that I, I felt like I had a long career, 13 years, um, unlucky with a knee injury that lasted two years. So you missed two years of footy. Mm -hmm. You know, once I got to 150 games, I was like, right, I want to play 200 games, you know. And you, you're starting to – because they say the hardest the – hard, sorry, they say 50 games is hard, but then every 50 after that, it's harder and harder and harder. Mm -hmm. So you think of, like, Scotty Penderbury now that's just – He's I think it's getting easier for him. <laughs> I don't know. He still looks like a superstar. Jack Chris, who just doesn't miss a game. Mm. Like it's getting easier for some weird reason. But the majority of players, every 50 games, you know, you, you've got to tweak something. Um, so, yeah, I think it was successful for, by my own standards. Of course, you know, in the world of AFL, never – you're not up there. But 
yeah, I'd look at it and go, had a great career for myself, loved every minute, met some great people, got some great friends, um, you know, and yeah, you finish the game and you put your head on the pillow and go, I'd try my best. I definitely know that I learned hard work when I got to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. West Coast, I probably never knew really much about hard work. Get to Brisbane, I learned about a shitload of hard work. Their mm. pre-season was way harder to the point where they almost burnt every player really? out. Really? Like going through knee injuries where you're down and out, you didn't like the city you live in, you're trying to adapt to all this stuff, you're trying to adapt to humidity, mm-hmm. like it's that hot. <laughs> it's hot as. Um, then you're on the clock for rehab. You know, you're getting there at seven, you're getting home at seven at night. You're doing that for almost two years. Like, it's a lot of stuff that people don't see. Like, I'd be going, call my mum on the way home, say, I'm buggered, like, and I'm not even playing. Yeah. So there's all this stuff that you just learnt, and that's right in my mid-twenties, and I reckon it shaped my whole mindset and perception how I came back in 2013, 14, 15. So I only had a bit of unluckiness, or I was unlucky again in 2014. Uh, 2015, the body had just, you know, it just started to say, okay, enough. Um, could have I kept playing? Possibly. I just would have had to do two things, and that would have been lose weight. Yeah. So go back down to, like, early 90s because mm-hmm. I was trying to get bigger and stronger. Get bigger and stronger, and, yeah. Lose weight. And um, just get like a, a brand new preseason under the belt. Mm. Maybe you could have kept playing a bit longer, but it's yeah. I was 13 years in. I was 31, so I was I was at the end. Yeah, you, mate. To play to be in the system for that long is very mm. very impressive. Hobbies outside of AFL. What what keeps you going now these days? What what interests your mind? Well, it's a bit and of is a, it the same as when you were playing? Well, it's a bit of a boring answer, but I'm a dad. Mm. So I'm a dad. Great answer. I've got a new little, um, a new little boy. His name's Louis, and yeah, I'm I'm sort of full time looking after Louis. So you got the nanny today, have you? <laughs> the missus. <laughs> Where is he today? <laughs> I should have brought him. In. Look, I've you know I don't mind. I still try and keep fit. Yep. Um, you know, this year I've got the the Sydney City to Surf and awesome. the Sydney Half Marathon. So Great there's nice. some goals that have lined up for later on in the year. Uh, but yeah, at the moment. I manage, I do some business development for a couple of companies. Um, so that's a lot of phone calls, emails, and just a dad. And yeah, here we are. This is directly after footy things was different, but here we are now and mm. mate, it's good. I love it. It's unbelievable, live, mate. live between Melbourne and Sydney. It's a great story. I hope that you stay here in Melbourne because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving having you here. We've got five Q&As from the people um, that I'd love to ask you just a few quick fire ones. First one. Hardest player that you've ever played against in your AFL career? Uh, it's a good question. I'm going to say Adam Goods, mm-hmm. but some three close seconds. James Clement from Collingwood and Fremantle. Um, Matthew Scarlett from Geelong. Yeah, cracker. And they're all defenders, or Bar Goodsy, and Antonio Grover from Fremantle. Wow, he was a tough he nut, a Grover. To He'd sharpen his elbows, mate. <laughs> yeah. Favourite teammate? You've ever had? Oh, Dave Rapunda. Yeah. yeah, hilarious. Or not Ash Hanson. He won't be happy with that. Ash, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> favourite position on the field to play? Because you were a utility. So what was your favourite position? Yeah, high half forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love just being able to – I think high half forward, it's a hard role, but it's a you can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winger, there's a bit more responsibility to get back and defend. Yes. Half forward, you just got to just protect a bit, but you just got this freedom to bolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you have to wrap around as that winger sometimes, you don't you yeah. can't quite get there. If you're back you, on the defensive line, you've got to you, spoil. You've got to back back into a few <laughs> contests as well on the wing. Uh, can you give me any tips for some young blokes out there that, that are wanting to make it to the top level? Oh, uh, I'll try and answer as quickly as I can, but I'll just say, first of all, know what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. If you want to play footy, then you've got to go for it. You've got to go 
all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned diet. You mentioned uh, certain things around your lifestyle. You can't play the best footy and party till 5 a.m. every yeah. weekend. So there's a balance. If you want to play footy and you want to get drafted and try your best, just you can still do a little bit of this, but make sure you're giving yourself every chance because you mm-hmm. don't want to get to 18 and you've stuffed it up. Yeah. But the best advice is just work really hard. Like enjoy the hard the hard work that's involved because going to train every night in the cold and the wind, even though you're 14 or 15, is hard work. Enjoy it. Um, learn about the game. Like learn off your coaches. All those things. That's that's probably for those young kids. If you're an older player, you know you got to you got to lock in and and mm. smash out the hard the hard hours and yards. If you're a 18 to 25 year old that's trying to, to get in the AFL. Mm. Um, and I will say there's no easy there's no easy way to to get good. Like yeah. it's not like they wave a magic wand and Chris Jard is Chris Jard or Tom Bolch is Tom Bolch. You got to try your hardest. You got to practice flat out. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent I don't think I've ever been put in the same. Uh, send us this Chris job, but I do appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> now, before we get to the final question uh, about your successful habits, I just want to do a quick plug for Whoop. Obviously, we're my Whoop band every single day. I think we were speaking about it the other day mm, when good. we were um, we were having coffee. But Whoop is fantastic. It tracks all of my sleep, all my daily strain, gives me a recovery score every single day. Um, might give me something in the red or in the orange or in the green. It'll give me a percentage. So I think today I'm about 80%. So it means that I'm. Uh, well recovered and I can um, do a lot of activity today and hit a really high strain goal. So it gives me a great idea of how um, much I can I can kind of work out or how much I can go for a run or how well I'm going to be playing football. It's a very good indicator for me um, when I play my best football. It's always when my recovery is in the green, so it's a fantastic thing to to have a look at. Uh, don't rely on it solely as as what, you know, if you're going to play a good game or a bad game or going to train well or train poorly, but it is a fantastic little piece of technology. So make sure you guys go check out Whoop. The link will be in the description. Finally, three successful habits, stakes you've employed throughout your life that has got you to the point that you are today. Uh, mate, successful habits, fun. Mm-hmm. Make make everything as fun as possible. Awesome answer, great stuff. Uh, you got to you got to be fun. You, you're not sit, you're not sitting here doing this if you're not having fun. Yeah. Um, integrity. So, um, yeah, integrity is an important thing in your makeup. Um, people realise that they like you because you've you've got this integrity, and that's part of your brand, and it's part of who you'll be. Awesome. Um, and the other one is probably a bit of love. You know, like you've got to love a lot of things out there. Um, and that probably goes, emulates or marries up with being happy. Like, you know, there's, the world's a funny place. There's a lot of time for negativity, but if there's a lot of, lot of love, you'll, yeah, you'll, be, you'll be pretty good, I think. So that's off the cuff too, Mate, by the way. That's right there. That I haven't rehearsed that. Uh, fun, I really love. Like, yeah, the more fun that you have, yeah. the, the better off your life's going to be. And, and yeah. It brings joy. It, it does. It brings joy. And you got to smile, like fun, smile. Exactly. You're never going to have happiness exactly without without having fun. So that's a absolutely fantastic answer. I really, really appreciate that, Stakes. And I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your busy dad life, um, which I'm sure is taking <laughs> a massive strain on you. Right. Uh, I'm sure your recovery on your whoop band wouldn't be too good, probably not getting too much sleep. But uh, we really, really appreciate no. you coming in and, and telling your story because it's such a great story and you've, you've had so many... Um, different connection throughout your time at, at the Eagles, at the Lions, and just throughout your life. And it's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah. So thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Tommy. Enjoy watching uh, the Prime stuff and <laughs> keep going, mate. It's good to watch. So thanks, thanks for having mate. me on. No worries, legend.